0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Good afternoon, my name is Jeanette Abney And I want to thank you for joining me here At Freshers Predicaments Blog Talk Radio I want to first thank my Heavenly Father For waking me up and blessing me this morning And I also want to thank my new What she told me she ain't going to be my assistant But my new producer (laughs) Leticia Abney Who is helping me with this So hopefully she got the sign And got everything as. You can see
2: Joanne.
1: Oh, Joanne. Hey, Joanne. So today's show is, as I always say, a very interesting show. We know with the coronavirus going on, and hopefully you guys are staying healthy, safe, and wearing your mask. But not only that, we're still dealing with whether the kids are going to go back to school. But what's also happening is that we are aware that considering what's going on, many individuals are dealing with what we call the child welfare system. Now, are you currently or perhaps have had a negative experience with the child welfare system, meaning CPS, which is Child Protective Services, Social Workers, and Dependency Court? If you have, you would know that this experience, experience can be very drainful, very scary, and a lot of times very costly. Now, when I myself was also at one time a Social Worker court mediator, investigator, Oh, she told me to sleep something. Okay, you can tell me all that. You know, so I understand how the court system works, but there's a lot of individuals that have been treated unfairly. There's been a lot of things going on. So today I'm going to be interviewing a young lady, and she has a very interesting story to tell. So she's already on the line, so let me log
0: her on.
1: Good afternoon. How are you doing?
0: Very well. How are you doing?
1: You know what? I'm doing well. My daughter kept telling me to fix my clothes. I couldn't catch on to the little hint because I'm on Facebook Live and all that at the same time. So I want to thank you for first reaching out to me on LinkedIn. Secondly, for wanting and having the courage to share your amazing story because a lot of times individuals get so caught up, they get so frustrated, they feel helpless, they feel hopeless, and that doesn't mean that they have to just give up. They just don't know what to do. So, Marianne, tell the listeners, who you are, and what started you amongst your journey.
0: Well, I have been a registered nurse for uh, 22 to 23 years. And what had happened was we went through an amicable divorce. Uh, We had been married 10 years, and we were co-parenting very well, and things were rolling along until I had this great idea to introduce him to on a blind date, <laughs> and um, didn 't realize maybe I knew maybe i didn't know that she worked at the courthouse I'm, i can't i can 't remember that, but I soon found out that realized that she did, and as we were mo- moving along within uh, them meeting, they had married seven months later, and um, I figured well, you know none of my business as long as they're happy but couple months after their marriage i got a phone call from his wife saying that she knew a lot of people in the courthouse and she was friends with all the judges and then i wondered what that meant i didn't know what that really you know what does that mean to me then Mm -hmm. about a month or two later uh the both of them my ex and her show up uh on my doorstep, and she said in front of him, I know a lot of people in the courthouse, and I'm friends with all the judges, and I do believe she mentioned she knew everyone in the state police barracks as well. (laughs) And I, like, didn't know what to really think of that until things really started happening a couple years later. And within Mm -hmm. that couple years, uh, I noticed a change in my oldest child's personality as well. How How
1: old was your child at the time?
0: She, okay, at the time of their marriage, she was around, um, let me think here, um, about eight years old, eight years old, eight or
1: nine. Okay. Um, so let, let me, let me, let's go let's along this journey. You're the author of Dismantling the Family Court Corruption. It sounds like you, you indicated that you, you met, you introduced your husband and to this particular woman the woman was affiliated with the court system and i can hear where the abuse kind of accumulated and started with this lady marrying your husband and then abusing her role within the her job now my question to you is how did it come or how would you served or because when you the, being the author of this book and talking about the family court system Because some individuals come into the family courts by either family court, sometimes it's dependency court where CPS get involved. Did Child Protective Services ever get involved, or was it just a family court issue?
0: Oh, it was uh, uh, Child Protective Services did get involved. Uh, Very strange enough, how it happened was uh, my daughter told me she had a singing function. And I said, great, I'll go. And she said, Mom, you can't go. I said, why can't I go? It's a public place. Why can't I go? Mm. No, mom, you can't go. I said, well, I'll make a phone call. No, you can't. And then I said, well, just last week you told me school was so important, and who cares about your your singing career? And I said, I've never heard you call your singing career dumb because you're an excellent singer. So why can't you know why Why is this happening? And Mm -hmm. um, so I said, if you think that since I can't go to a public place where you are supposed to sing and I'm finding this out at the last minute you can go to school because as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned you're lying to me about something and another factor that was playing into this was she wanted boys up in her room for two and a half hours and I was not allowing that that was playing into this as well so um, what happened was I took her to school and her father picked her up and took her to the singing function without my knowledge so then when I went to I went to pick her up from school, and she was not there. But this is so convoluted. I I totally apologize because so much happened at once. But during the day –
1: You don't have to give us all the details in the details of the story, but the main thing that the listeners and what I wanted to bring out of your story is because you had firsthand experience with the corruption within the child welfare system. And you gave me some pointers in regards to the fact that you knew that she was already employed with, employed with the court, and she made that be known, and that CPS did get involved. Now, like I mentioned earlier, I was also previously a social worker worked in the courts. I did a lot of things. I still do the 52-week child abuse program for families. And one of the things that I noticed, and I kind of reached out to some individuals, they will either be calling in or perhaps may be listening, is that a lot of times CPS are brought into situations and you would want to the family to be get better, not to get worse. And a lot of times what happened is sometimes families don't know what to do or how to navigate their way through either dependency court or through family court, and it can become quite challenging. Now, one of the things that I noticed, even being a social worker, when I get phone calls from families and I can tell that there's a battle in regards to custody, even as a therapist, I'm very hesitant about those cases because I'm firm but I'm fair and I'm honest. And I'm not going to get caught up in a shenanigans sometimes of what's happening with the family. But i noticed that a lot of times in the courts the judges will either side with one parent versus another parent. And in some cases when people are calling in making false allegations to CPS, Sometimes social workers don't know who to believe, who not to believe, but I notice that there's been a lot of biases, a lot of um, racism, discrimination, stereotype. I notice a lot of things of that nature. We have a caller calling in. Let me log on this caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Ridicaments, Block Talk Radio. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good.
1: Hi, Nancy. I, I know your voice. Nancy, what do you want to share in relation to this topic? Because you mentioned something on Facebook in regard to being an Indian, and I wanted to say I think that even in the courts, they always say what is your um, your your race? Because if one has an Indian descent, Native American or Indian descent,
2: yes. there's something that's
1: supposed to happen in the court. But what do you want to share?
2: Um, with the, um, Native Americans, we do have our own rights. However, um, there are, um, they can be misleading. Um, a lot of, a lot of people automatically think since you're Native American, you automatically get, um, benefits or, um, money coming in. And that's not true. Um, right. I, I was in an abusive relationship. For 15 years, and I had was working three jobs, and my ex was only working one job, and I ended up um, October. I think it was the 28th or 29th of October of 2007. I ended up losing control of my anger, and I ended up beating him up. He got put in the hospital, and I ended up losing custody of my kids and I i fought for my children and I tried to use um, Native American Indian child welfare to mm-hmm. regain custody of my children and they would not help me because I was not in my um, reservation jurisdiction where they could step in to help me. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was aced out of get in custody of my children, and I had paid several thousands of dollars to mm-hmm. an attorney that was fighting for my children to regain custody, and in and 2015, I ended up um, going into court, and the judge slammed the books in my face, he was no Native American deserve to have their children. Wow. So that was really harsh when he said that and I did I just shook it off. I just you know what, mm-hmm. I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do is pray pray for your enemy and allow allow God to work in their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting and it kinda of brings up one of the things that I er- said earlier is when individuals are may not be aware because you have what's called general neglect you have not only general neglect, you have physical abuse. You, kids enter the system in a lot of different ways. And one of the things is because you got arrested for domestic violence, and children that witness domestic violence, they also, the parents can be charged with child punishment if children are with In your situation, yes. you said you also, right for for your children. Were you, did the judge make some comments that you felt was not appropriate? Did you take the legal measures to try to find a complaint? Did you, how were you treated by the workers? What's your experience with that?
2: I went, I went to two years of domestic violence, drug and alcohol classes, two years of parenting classes. I, I, Went on and beyond the call of duty of what the court asked me to do. All they asked me to do was go to anger management classes. I went to parenting mm-hmm. classes. I went to drug and alcohol classes. I went to anger management classes because I felt that was would be an ace in my pocket to try to regain custody of my children.
1: Correct. Correct. Now. You know, Nancy, and you know because I know you, and there's a lot of individuals, there's a lot of stories, even doing the, and I'm not going to breach any with confidentiality, but there's a lot of times individuals have seen something and they don't know how to go about it, they don't know what to do, they don't know You know, because depending on also the age of the child, when they enter into the system. Now, um, Mary, I'm hearing your story, Mary, where yours start with more of a family matter and dealing with husband-wife and then new wife and abuse of power and disruption. Now,
2: Mary, tell us about your
0: book. Okay. Um, Well, my book it's only 160 pages in length. And it's really a self help manual to guide people through the family court system, even when you have to represent yourself. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I also put in some poems in there as well in regards to the judiciary and lawyers and CPS. The book basically is also being made into a film by James Russell, Canadian producer from Manx Motion Picture Studios. Mm -hmm. And we feel um, if if this story can be brought to light, then society will see what's really going on behind the closed doors of the family courtroom, as well as with CPS. And he wants to do it in an Aaron Brockovich style fashion. And he's looking for an A-list director and an A-list actress to, to uh, make this happen So so that maybe the corruption will stop Because when the movie Aaron Brockovich came out Suddenly everyone was concerned About their drinking water
3: Well maybe uh-huh. a, a
0: film like this Comes out Maybe suddenly uh, people The you know, general public that doesn't really know Or understand How this works And how like with this other woman Nancy I guess was talking about Being an American Indian and And what they did to her they mm-hmm. will start discovering stories, and all of this can be brought to light, and maybe there will it will bring change. I want it to bring mm-hmm. change. I want family court reform. I would like to see uh, video cameras installed in all the family courtrooms. And yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. there's no jury, and there has to be oversight with these judges. They're getting away with listening to a caseworker who – I don't know. If I could prove it, had it in with the, the wife of my ex, if I could prove it, really, I, I'd pay hundreds of thousands of dollars just to prove that because what had happened was, the reason why I wonder was when the caseworker came to visit me, she came through my door and the first thing she said was, if you're indicated on emotional child abuse, you're going to lose your job as a registered nurse. Wow, and, and you I know what?
1: There, is, there is some truth in that because I know that being a social worker, being and working in the court system previously, is they used to have a database and individuals are being being lined. And if an individuals were arrested for child abuse or child endangerment years ago, they used to be placed in the registry and that would affect their affect their employment. To where now only certain things whether it's sexual abuse of child or physical abuse of child are now more individuals getting in trouble versus because they're able now to go back to court to try to petition to have their charges um, modified or reduced under the penal code of 1202.3 of the penal code because of, it was having a definite impact because you had parents that were disciplining their children that that were raising their children the way that they were raised and didn't realize that what they were doing was considered child abuse or child endangerment. So there's been a lot of other factors. Now, we know that the child welfare system was originally designed to protect children from child abuse. I'm not going to minimize that because there are children out there that are being abused, and sometimes they, they go up under the radar. one of the issues that we're having is depending on how much money you have, who you are, Mm -hmm. a lot of times that makes a difference in the court system, and that's where it becomes unfair. Now, one of the things you Mm -hmm. said, like having cameras in the courtroom, and individuals can also get copies of their transcripts, but it's very difficult to find an attorney that will help support you when you feel that you've been treated unfairly, stereotyped, or there was some type of biases, and especially if someone is dating someone that, and they're abusing their power. I know myself being in a in courtroom, I had a lot of challenges, especially, and it sounds like you are from Canada, Mary, is that correct? You said oh, the Canadian no, I'm around word? Pittsburgh. Oh, you in Pittsburgh. Okay, thank you. So, and sometimes each state have different laws the way they – interact with the parents. But one of the things that I've noticed is the social worker biases. Now, years ago I I was a term therapist for San Diego County. I had to discontinue that because there was a lot of things that I saw. And one of the things that really bothered me was the way that most of the social workers had their own underlying biases with the parents. Let's say, for an example, a parent can have an alternative lifestyle but yet the parent can do the program, get their lives back together. But because of the social worker's beliefs and stereotypes, they would fight against the kid reunifying with the parent. And that was very bothersome, especially if the parent did what they were supposed to do to get their children back. I saw a lot of that. And that could be tied into the corruption or You know, families being torn apart where they may feel that this couple shouldn't be together or they have believed that there's domestic violence going on in the home, but they don't have any proof. So a lot of times I've seen where lives were destroyed more than the family reunified and put back together. Now, I know Mm -hmm.
2: that your story is
1: personal, but have any other parents ever reached out to you and read your book and said, "Hey, thank you for showing us or providing this information." And how did you even gather a lot of the information to put the information in the book?
0: Oh my gosh, that was a mammoth task. Yes, I have had parents <laughs> contact me, <laughs> and um, and and they they've been wonderful. I have talked to parents, and uh, they are thanking me for coming forward with this book, and. I just explained, the story had to be told because, I mean, they removed my kids based on Mm -hmm. emotional abuse allegations that were actually back-to-back. I had two of them four days together back-to-back. I was cleared of one. Four days later, I had another emotional abuse indication on the next child, which cost me my job as a registered nurse because Mm -hmm. during that time, the hospitals all had to have their... Uh, staff with child abuse clearances. Well, I couldn't get mine in time because my hearing for the child abuse wasn't until first of the around the first of December. So I was out mm-hmm. of the job. Um, okay, you 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 asked me a second question. I can't remember what you had said. i't gathering the information because a lot of times oh. because there's a. And one of the things
1: that a lot of individuals don't know is when you're dealing with the child welfare system, there's no guilt or innocence. What you have is what's called a true finding. So if they find or have information that they believe happened, sometimes individuals can have what's called a voluntary case, or they can either have a case which either is in family court or it can be criminal court, depending on the allegations. Now your allegation, you said, was more emotional abuse against a child, and that's something new because a lot of individuals don't even know what that means. But when you're talking about um, calling kids names, putting kids down, you know, screaming at children, those are some of the things now that individuals are considered to be emotional abuse against child. But a lot of parents may not even have found or thought that there was anything wrong with that. So instead of correcting the problem, You may be removing a child from a home, placing the child in a foster home, a group home, putting the child up for adoption, and a lot of times the families are not getting the help. So when I was asking the questions about putting this information together for a book, and I know it can take a lot of work, and especially when you have a lot of individuals and you're dealing with your own pain and trying to separate your emotions and trying to get things done I'm quite sure there's a lot of individuals that commend you because a lot of parents that I've known
0: personally was afraid. How did you deal mm-hmm. with your fear? It, well, I just try not to. I, I compartmentalize. When I was writing mm-hmm. the book, I just had to not, I mean, I had to reread transcripts. I had to re-le- relive the whole ordeal all over again. Mm-hmm. And, And when I was reading it, I'm glad I was because I was learning more and seeing more insight into this case, whereas Mm -hmm. the, the second emotional abuse indication was, of course I knew, was that I would not let my son ride his bike around the block, and I took away his Xbox. The problem with that second caseworker was is that prior, the judge had removed the other children from my home. Months after the first one had left, so I never had the kids. How could I not let him ride his bike when I never had it to begin with? Mm. So they they've got some issues there, and it was all a one-sided interview. They never interviewed my parents. They never interviewed my sister-in-law, or basically my husband. Uh, she all all she did was ask him what he did for a living, and she even got that wrong. Mm. It was like. And then the 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 best part, well, it, I don't know if it's best or not, but she wanted to tell me that I was being indicated of emotional abuse charges, which would cause me to be suspended from my job as a nurse until I was going to go through that hearing and be exonerated. But um, mm-hmm. she wanted to tell me in front of my counselor, so I would not become suicidal. Uh, this caseworker was highly dramatic very emotional she was emotionally abusive. she was verbally abusive and out of control, even my counselor would agree and said something similar to that on the stand as well and when she when my well see I took my casework i took i took my sister in law and my husband in with me, and I sat down with my counselor and this case worker was sitting by the door. So basically my sister-in-law screamed at her for not interviewing them and why is this happening and taking a nurse out of the field, someone who is helping humanity over Mm -hmm. false allegations that are completely fraudulent and frivolous. And she got up and she just said to me, I'm indicating you for emotional child abuse. And And I just looked at her. I said, well, it's all a lie or something to that effect. And then she looked at my counselor and said, that woman lives better than I do, and she opened up the door and walked out. And I said, "You have a merry Christmas now." And then I heard her footsteps pace higher, and she ran out the door and slammed the door. So basically, what we're thinking is that she didn't. She was um, biased with the ex and his wife because everything, all that information she gathered, was from his side and his side alone, mm-hmm. and had my side had no bearing.
1: And you know what? And there is a lot of biases that goes on. And a lot of times the other parent or whether it's the, let's say, offending parent or the non-offending parent, a lot of times they really don't know how to address the bias, and especially if you have a social worker, that is not being fair. And, yes, they're supposed to protect the children, but you have to look at a lot of the information, the the evidence, They're supposed to be investigators. You should have an attorney. The kids have an attorney. The child welfare system have an attorney. Did you take your case to trial?
0: Well, we were in the middle of um, a family court. Uh, He wanted custody of those kids, and he was going to get them at any cost. I could have walked in there with O.J.'s team, and I would have lost because The judge was in collusion with the opposing attorney. They had worked in the courthouse in a capacity for a number of years, and I tried to recuse the judge, and he just would not do it. And in the meantime, I had called the governor and let them know what was going on with my case. They then had called the office, and they did raise hell with the head of the caseworker's, because, I mean, this, this caseworker was not even a social worker. She was just a caseworker. And they mm-hmm. said, I had talked to the head of the caseworkers, and he said, we were told and we talked to by the governor's office, we held a big meeting. We were told that under no circumstances does a caseworker tell a parent that they're mentally unstable unless they have a psychology degree with a Ph.D. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what did you do with the caseworker? He said, well, we removed her from the field because we don't want her around people. And wow. I said, okay, so then you promoted her, right? And he said, no, we gave her a desk job. However, when she was on the witness stand, she proudly told the judge she was promoted.
1: Wow.
0: Well, one of the things is a lot of times we're talking about fam
1: and not only what happens to the child, but also what happens to the family. Because this is something that, Mm -hmm. and I always find a family, is even when their children are taken away, when their child reaches the age of majority or either tries to emancipate themselves, you're looking at sometimes mental health issues, PTSD, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: alcohol issues. Sometimes it sounds like when your children were removed from your custody, they were placed with the father. Sometimes the children are placed in homes, group homes, and in some cases, sometimes the children and what happened to them is far worse than what was going on in the home with the parents. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do, or they have either minimized it or try not to speak about it. And I've even known situations where children have died while in foster care. And parents felt so bad because they felt like they were responsible for what happened Mm -hmm. and don't know how to fight the system or how to go about, you know, where they've done everything they were supposed to do. And these things are happening. I know that there's a disparity when it comes to finding homes for children, whether it's a foster home, um, sometimes when children are brought into custody or the attention of the child welfare, family other family members may have prior criminal convictions where they're not able to pass the background to care for the children. And in some cases, family members don't even want to be involved. Because mm-hmm. I personally had experience with the child welfare system with my grandchildren when they were younger. So I learned a lot about the system and not only working for the courts, but it's just so much going on, so much going on now I, I got so many gadgets going on, so I 'm not even able to check my my Facebook or my my um, cell phone to see if I received any text messages, but I wanted individuals more to talk about because there's a way we have to end this corruption. there's a way we mm-hmm. have to bring things to people 's attention so that we can have some type of courtroom you know, and making sure that individuals are receiving the services that should be required because each case is different. And we shouldn't judge a family by saying, well, this father is on drugs or this mother was a prostitute or whatever the case may be, and then once you heal the family or you, they've done their services, and then you still want to adopt their children out to someone that the courts may feel is a better fit for their family. That's not going to make that child happy.
5: Now, Nancy, Mm -hmm. I'm going to
1: log you back. You just had a lot of background noise, so I had to put you on mute, too. Nancy, do you have any questions or concerns? What are some of the ways that you think that in or bring this corruption
2: to an end? What needs to be taken care of is they have to go to the head of the haunt. The head, I mean, not just the... I think what they need to do is go to the general attorney's office. We all need to get together and petition for parents who has lost their children for no reason. I mean, I I I had sustained 15 years of abuse, PTSD, emotional, um, physical, financial, everything you possibly can go through, and then I had abuse on top of, um, dealing with um, going through a mediator, a monitored mediator, children, and mm-hmm. this this agency that was that was was in business now is out of business, and they've been out of business for at least ten years now because they was not doing their job properly because mm-hmm. there was a child that was killed right there on the premises of the of the. where where they was doing the monitored visitation. And um, my son was ran over, and I reported my ex-husband, because he was neglecting my child. He didn't care. And then it comes back, oh, he wasn't ran over. But I have pictures of it. I have pictures of him being run over and all the guard damage that was on his arm and on his leg mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's just a bunch of political propagandas mm-hmm. that's going on if you don't have the money to spend to try to get your children back you'll never get it back I mean you, you'll do everything that you possibly can and yeah. it's still not going to be enough for the court mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I was just getting some information, and it was brought to my attention about the case that had occurred with L.A. County social workers, and they got arrested for the child that was killed by the, um, well, the, the mother's boyfriend, Gabrielle Fernandez. Hernandez was his name. And in L.A. County, they had even put together a task force in regard to looking into some of these cases where children was removed from the homes, and you know um kids being adopted at a young age sent to other countries, I used to wonder why are so many parents losing their parental rights, and these kids are being adopted and sent to other countries like what in the world is going on here and it, it it just saddens me I see these things happening. And a lot of times it's like nobody's listening to the children. And, of course, the children are going to want their parents. And then there's another scenario that comes to mind is a lot of times you have um, in-laws making allegations of child abuse or child endangerment or child neglect that may not be happening, and where they'll take the child from one parent and give the child to a parent and the child don't even know that parent. So we got to find a way to where individuals have to stop being biased and using stereotypes and saying who should be together and if it's two gay men or two gay women. It's just a mess. It is really a mess. And I think that a lot of it could, and I like what you said, Nancy, by starting at the, the head at the top, is educating, educating the judges educating a lot of the programs in regards to making sure that they are culturally diverse, that they understand what happens in regards to when we talk about not only with um, psychology and the mental health, but some of the societal things that goes on with individuals. A lot of times people are basically oblivious to what's going on. They have no clue. And the sad part about it is there have been cases where Social workers have been in trouble or been accused or seen outside of public abusing their own doggone kids, but then yet will shun or condemn a parent for what the parent is doing to their child. We have to do better. We really have to do better. Now, Mary Ann, with writing your book, gathering a lot of information, what are some of the things that you learned? What helped you?
0: Well, what helped a lot was the psychologist's uh, views on the parental alienation and how insidious it was and how that also plays in with the CPS because as they're removing your children and giving them to the other parent, that starts working on that kid immediately. Chair, but, uh, I'm trying to uh, I have tried to talk to two judges I, mm-hmm. I have tried to talk um, to two I'm, I'm willing to try to, to reach out and send letters of intent to just mm-hmm. I've even requested just 10 minutes of their time here's two handouts mm-hmm. on parental alienation let's talk about what family court has on the effects of these kids and also bring up CPS involvement and that's all i wanted was 10 minutes of their time i know they're busy i was not wanting to 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 discuss my case whatsoever it's a dead case it's over with my my kids have aged out but they refused they flat out refused to talk to me so i'm willing to try a couple other judges around here but then i don't know if educating these judges because as far as they're concerned, they know it all, and they that's have. I've been. Oh, I'm sorry. No, what I was um, saying is I, that
1: is a problem
0: because
1: with parent alienation, that's a term that many individuals still don't know what that means. And a lot of times, we saw with parent alienation where parents, one parent would alienate another parent, but then yet how society and how the child welfare system is also alienating the parents from their children too. Now we have another caller on the line, and like you said, a lot of times they may think that they know it all when it comes to a court in a courtroom. But by the same token, so they're looking at laws; they're not looking at the emotional impact. They're not looking at how detrimental that is. And I'm not saying that all kids should go back to their parents. Especially, it depends on what's going on in the home. But I think there's mm-hmm. more needs to be done in regards to reaching out and working and helping in regards to making sure that the services are provided that the children are basically their needs and in, in things they're taken care of as well as the parents. Let me log on the next caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for calling. How are you doing? Number in is- 2
5: to do. I'm doing good. I'm sorry I'm late. I had to take a friend of mine to a medical appointment, but I came in on the end tale of her talking about – CPS, parent alienation in the courts. And um, I didn't get to hear all of what she had to say, unfortunately, so I'll have to listen to it again because you know that I'm very familiar with that, Miss Jeanette.
2: Yes, I
1: do. And
5: parent alienation with the courts, yes, that's horrible. And CPS, oh, that's even more horrible. But you need to go all the way, and I don't know if the caller did, all the way to the appellate court because. Once CPS and the judges have done what they've done, if you make sure you file your appellate things, at least everything is in there so that when and if the kids are not returned home or they're in the system or whatever, they know that the mom or the parent did everything they could no matter what other parent says they didn't do. When they get older, they'll find out because it will be documented in the records. As you know, I have been through that and done that with families. And I've done it with myself as I was a foster parent for many years, helping other families get their kids back, taking care of kids that didn't go back, dealing with the corrupt system, the alienation of parents, and the judges. And there are some judges who think they know it all, uh, but they're like you had mentioned that briefly I heard something about the law. And yeah, there's the laws they have to go by, but also it has to do a lot with the social worker and everything else and all that. So it's really sad. And um, I'm not sure if you want to ask me a question, I can give you my input on something because I didn't get to hear all of what she said, but I'm really sad to hear about what she was talking about.
1: Well, one of the things is, is addressing the corruption. I remember a person told me a long time ago that the system is broken. The system is broken. And when he would say that, I would hear him, and then, in the capacity in the work that I do, because you know what I do, is I was like, "If it's broken, how can we fix it? How can parents be heard? How can children be heard? how can I mean, we have c f t meetings, we have all of this stuff, but a lot of times it's still breaking those those barriers and those biases. You know, because you know caller it just called in for years, they thought she was crazy. And I kept saying, she is not crazy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. But they had a bias. They had their strong views as it related to you. And was not nothing you have said was going to change their perception of
5: you? Well, because they don't like parents that advocate for their kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I told you recently, you know, I went through this because somebody was mad and alienated at me, and they made up all these stories, and I had CPS all of a sudden out, and so I've gone through all kinds of stuff, and now they're getting ready to close the case because everything's been fine and there's no problems, and they're not getting what they want. I know they're not happy about it, but I made a point of telling the services that I wanted in place, for the first time that I couldn't get and keep, this time, when they asked me, "Well, do you think you're, do you think you still need our services?" You know what I told them? Don't plan on leaving me ever, because I'm having you stick around. You know why? Wow. Because as long as you're here, CPS, and you're giving me all this positive feedback, what can CPS do to me? The minute you're gone, or somebody is a mad, an alienated parent. Or CPS social workers pissed off because you they they didn't get the case close, to taking the kids the way they want, or or the attorney. I don't want to talk about attorneys, as you know, I know all of them, and um and I'm gonna tell you, it has a lot to do with the attorney. And let me tell yeah. you, in my case, you already know, as I've said to you before, one of the attorneys, she, I said, I even said to her at one of the meetings, the RAP meetings we had. You know what? Why don't you just take them? Why don't you take them home and live with you? Okay? Because you are trying your best to get my kids out of here. So, how about you take them and see if you can do a better job? Okay? Because you think that because this happens and that happens, and you're trying to say that I'm this and I'm that, and now they, not even the judge is hearing it, and they may even throw out the whole case. And let me tell you, I specifically, personally feel like. And I know I'm not going to do it because it would be just a waste of energy. I'd like to sue her mm-hmm. personally. So well, you know what? The thing
1: is, but the thing is, there is a way you can. Now, I have another caller oh. calling in. Let me plug this caller on because that's probably what needs to happen. Hi, this is Janelle. Number oh, five. How are you doing?
3: Greetings in the name of the Father, Spirit. It's Pastor Don okay. and CEO. Shouts out to all the panelists. How do y'all feel today?
1: Okay, there, everybody's Well, what would you like to talk about as it relates to corruption within the child welfare system? Because I have three parents on the line right now that have had some to- negative experience it relates to the corruption of the child welfare system. And I was really hoping that some social workers would call in, some attorneys would call in, some individuals related to dependency court, because a lot of times when we look at families, and I know that a lot of times individuals went into this field perhaps with some intentions in order to protect and save children and to strengthen families, but a lot of times it gets to we go pick and choose who gets this kid or who gets that kid and you don't deserve to have your kid back without paying attention to how it impacts the children as well as the family. And not only that, who gives someone the right to say, you will never get your child back unless there's been something that's really mental. So um, we'll after the show.
3: Okay. Well, I have a three-point, I have an answer to that question in a three-part situation and I'm not reinventing the wheel. This has already been the elephant that's in the room. There's three major issues with the child welfare situation. I have number one, just like when you go to the church, if the usher at the front door who's passing out the programs give you a dirty look nine times out of ten, you want to turn around. Well, when you get up in a welfare office and you wait in line for about an hour, hour and a half, your kids are going crazy, and you finally talk to the lady behind the desk and she's having a bad day because her and her husband – Going through a personal issue outside of there, she don't tell you to write paperwork to bring in, so you might have to make four or five trips just to get back there to see your actual social worker. So it's wasting mm-hmm. the most precious commodity in the world, and that's time. When you got to get your kids all dressed, you get catch three buses to make it to the welfare office to find out. You got to come back four more trips. Now you're leaving out salty, so anybody you see in that office afterwards, you have a negative energy. That's number one. Number two, it shouldn't be set up in a system where. Even if a man and woman have a child out of wedlock, the government looks down upon that situation and they're forcing the mama to put the father on child support who lives right in the same household. It creates a whole issue, and every time the mama get mad at the baby father for whatever reason, thinking that he's out there having extramarital relations with other people, she called the police, he gets locked up, here's the domestic violence situation, now he's in a probation system. So it's a, uh, it's a circle. And the biggest issue with the child welfare situation, and this is what I really feel today, when they say welfare, they don't necessarily cover everything. There's nothing else worse when they got a list of doctors, and they give you a list of doctors to go take care of your element. You get on the bus. You go way out to the middle of nowhere. You catch a bus to the Uber. You get to the actual facility. And they say, yeah, we used to take mercy care, but we took mercy care two years ago. You got to outdated list. So now you ahead, just wasted the time, money, and energy. So I say this: the information and records aren't up to date. The people that's providing mm-hmm. the services, they don't have the energy to help somebody because the people coming to get the relief, they're so upset and agitated because they've already been talked to condescendingly. If you're joining assistance, nobody need to spit on you while you're coming to get help. If you need, if you had the help, you would not be calling in. No, I have so
1: to I, I have go ahead. I have to cut you- for you, because I hear what you're talking about, and you're talking about the child welfare mm-hmm. system as if we're talking about with social services. What we're talking about more has to do with children and families that have been separated from their parents because of either false oh. allegations of child abuse, not tra- not welfare in regards to trying to get child support. Now, a lot of Got times, you. what is individuals' children have been removed families have been destroyed to where like one woman said something about the kids said the mama took away the to Xbox. Or you got a teenager in the car or I remember when Cecil Dollar got arrested for allegations of child abuse where his daughter had climbed out of the window to go to a party and they got into a scuffle and, you know, or a child to say my parent hit me or my and then now uh, you got CPS knocking on your door talking about taking your kids away and arresting you, but then now you have social workers with biased attitudes basically destroying your life without getting all the facts because there is no guilt okay. and innocence of a true finding. And then when we got one woman that was a nurse and her nursing career was practically almost destroyed over false allegations made by her husband, which brought her to the attention of child welfare We got um, another lady where she has adopted children that were disabled, has a very strong personality, and social workers do not like her. So they made her life to live in hell, trying to take all her kids away, have to take them away trying to get the child adopted. We got another lady who's on the Air, air. She's Native Indian, and she had experienced domestic abuse from her husband. Then she had a physical altercation. And CPS got involved, and she has not seen her children in almost 15 years. And there's a lot of corruption within the child welfare system. Okay, And especially whether you live in L.A. County, San Diego County, Riverside County, and all over the world. Individuals upset is a broken system. And when you get individuals that, let's say, marry someone, and, you know, you got a, a ex, and the ex is upset, and you find right. a lot when you find individuals going through child custody issues. And sometimes the social workers don't know who to believe, but they don't have to be quiet. There shouldn't be the corruption. And then we brought up the, the yeah. case of situation in L.A. where the young man was killed by his parents and the child welfare system failed him. Now, we have what's called mandated right. reporters. Now, with a mandated reporter... The mandated reporter is not to investigate the case. They're only to basically call Child Welfare or CPS to make the report. But you're only a mandated reporter when you are within the scope of your employment, meaning when someone disclosed allegations of child abuse or child endangerment, we have to report it by law. That was something they we're talking about when the kids went back to school, meaning that if the kids are not in school, kids may be subject to more abuse because it's not going to be able to be reported. So that kind of takes away from also that system in regards to making sure that the kids are being protected. But are they actually protecting the children or are they so burnt out to where they're causing more harm? Now, Mary, what do we want the listeners to know as it relates to, like you said, some of the corruption that you've seen, some of the ways that we can do better Um, some of the, I mean, because people have basically um, done a lot of things, and and, and, uh, what what else would you like the listeners to know?
0: I think, um, I don't know if you have gotten to see the film Erasing Family. They had talked about Sweden's model of when couples get divorced, and they just Mm -hmm. sit down, and they um, divvy up how they're going to pay for Johnny's expenses, and days with johnny and they keep it out of the court system and Mm -hmm. that could be done and without someone being malicious and making false accusations on someone and to the point where actually my career was destroyed as a registered nurse because of all the family court and all these lies of cps it totally unglued me to be honest with you and um, I had got a lack of concentration, and my counselor had my, my nursing license pulled based on the fact of the post-traumatic stress disorder brought on by the family court system. So mm-hmm. I think what, the only way we can fix this is to... Uh, I have been seeing people do demonstrations in front of uh, CPS offices, and <clears throat> perhaps making appointments with the head of CPS offices and having uh, discussions, maybe three people go in, be calm, talk to these individuals, and I and point out these errors that the caseworkers are making. Yeah. Um, and as and you far
1: know, as, I want to say, say, Marianne, I commend you because... It can happen to anyone. Even as I'm listening to these stories, it reminded me of even myself. I remember when my youngest grandchild was brought to the attention of Child Protective Services, and here I am trying to make sure that my son and his baby mother was given services for both young parents. And they brought my grandchild into the system. I was basically um, raised, raising my grandchild and the mother of the child only to later have the social worker be angry with me because I was a social worker, and then she tried to come at me with failure to protect the young lady that was dating my son after the young lady stabbed my son two times, stole my car, and it was a mess. And here I am telling them I can't handle this situation, and instead of them working with the child or giving us resources, The social worker filed allegations against myself only to me to be going through my house recently and finding paperwork, and I'm reading. I'm like, no, this woman didn't say this. This is a lie. How dare this woman say this about me? Now, it could have destroyed me, but because I was able to, you know, write letters, show up in court, represent myself, when she tried to come at me because she took it personal, all because I would not take my granddaughter from the mother. So then when the mother got in trouble, she sided with the mother to try to get the mother to come after me, but then when the mother wouldn't, she came after me personally.
0: So oh, what
1: things, um, the other caller was saying is suing the social worker. Now, there may be some amenities to where they try to make sure that they can't be sued, But what you can do is you can also go to risk management, and you can file a claim against a governmental entity. There is a way of going about doing that, but a lot of times individuals don't either have the resources, they don't know what to do. You can go online, and that's the beautiful thing about the Internet. You can Google how to file a complaint against a judge or how to file a complaint against a social worker. So it will take some time to write some letters, but it is doable. But we have to do right. something in order to stop the disruption. Now, the social worker in question with me, she later, 10 years later, I had a case of hers. It was funny. She didn't know. But the person came back, and that social worker is no longer a social worker because she never stopped. Now, we have another call calling in, but there's only a few more minutes left on the show. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Addiction. number number 8-7. What would you like to add to the show?
4: Hey, how you doing? I was uh, listening. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, Yes, this is Maurice Williams out of Portland, Oregon. Um, I was listening in to the show due to Pastor Don, Jr., CEO, and I just wanted to give my story on, um, you know, how CPS and that situation is is pretty corrupt. Um, I've been fighting for my son now for about two years in a child custody battle and it was due to a false allegation that was given to cps which cps showed up at the house Uh, me and my son's mother we wasn't living together for over two months and they uh, put me up on charges for uh domestic violence and child abuse so that was the civil Mm -hmm. bullet that was able to uh pretty much cripple me um to where i had to pretty much settle out of court uh to be able to see my son so yeah, it's a pretty uh, vicious system. It's all driven by money. Uh, the lawyers, as I was speaking to one of your panelists, uh, the lawyers play a big part in this whole this whole ordeal. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, they really don't care about the kids. At the end of the day, it's really about lining their pockets and making sure that they keep and, the, the parents in a in a vicious cycle.
5: Hmm. And you know what? And Miss yes, Jeanette, Miss yes. Jeanette, can I interrupt you yes. for a second, Miss Jeanette? Because I this is Michelle, sure. and I yes. have to go to uh, Actually, I was listening to him and the other lady,
3: and I don't know if you can,
5: um, you know, you know, I do a lot of advocating and helping other parents, and if I don't know where all these people are at, but I don't want to announce my name and my phone number over the show. So if you're willing to give it to them, they can call me and I can give them some advice. As you know, I've mm-hmm. done stuff in the courts for helping people and parents and advocates and reaching out and doing things that will at least make people feel like you know i've met i've done what i could do because you know where i'm at i'm doing what i can do and it's going to be in the court documents when my child gets old enough if i don't if i don't get my child now at least when she's 18 she'll know and you know that my 10 year old has called me nine times from the foster home mm-hmm. they put her in and that girl is going to stay in contact with me never change her phone number but I'm just letting mm-hmm. you know. If you want to give my name and number to these people privately, you're welcome to and let them know. They re- oh. You referred them to me, and I'll be glad to help them because I do a lot of volunteer advocate work. Okay? And you know, a lot of
1: times, and that's
5: why join this show, is a lot of times parents don't know what to do. I have questions they don't
1: know yeah. who to call, who to trust, who to reach out to. So if you have any other questions, call us. If you're out there, you can call my office at 714. 714- Nine nine two one six seven seven. Like the caller said, she I can give you her information so she can connect with you privately if you have any uh, questions concerns as it relates to this because part of the corruption it needs to end. And like I said, I know in San Diego County they were doing things by trying to do the. Well, what was assessment. that number?
3: You said it so fast. What was that number? I was taking notes. What was that number? Four
1: nine nine two one six seven seven is my office number. Because there's a lot of things that can be done. There's a lot of ways that individuals can bring it to people's attention. When we're talking about the corruption within the child welfare system, whether you're talking about the Department of Children and Family Services, whether it's um, you're feeling that you're being treated unfairly by the social workers, even if it's the judges, even if it's your attorney that is representing you, because you should be given legal representation. And like I said, there's a lot of mental health issues that are involved. There's a lot of things that are happening to children in the child welfare system. In some cases, it's far more detrimental than what even happening at home. Where children have been either, um, they have either been dead, they have been sexually assaulted, they have been physically assaulted in the homes of others. So there's a lot. So we just have to do better, even with the parent alienation, because that's something that a lot of individuals didn't even realize of how they were alienating the children from their parents. And these kids need a voice, too. The parents need a voice, and we need to do better. We really need to do better. So I want to thank you for joining us as we've ran out of time here at Precious Indicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, tomorrow I am going to be... Talking about or doing my show from the pulpit to the couch, and we're going to be talking about deliverance because we need some deliverance. So again, thank you for joining mm-hmm. me, in Baptist Church, Radio, and Mary. Where can they buy your book, or how can they find you? Marianne? Well, you
0: can find me. Oh, hello. Uh, you can find me on dismantlingfamilycourtcorruption.com. dot uh, My book is available on Amazon, Apple. Kindle, Barnes and Noble, and Smashwords. And um, that's where you can find me. Uh, If a parent wants to question, has has a question for me, they can go on Dismantling Family Court Corruption and write me an email. And I usually get back to people pretty quick. I'm here to help people and give them advice on representing themselves. I'm not an attorney, but I can give you advice. I've won two cases out of three in Superior Court. And I'm here to help and change the system. Got you. And you know what? That's the only way
1: to change the system is by saying something when it's not right. Because myself as a therapist, they know I'm not writing no false reports. I'm not side with nobody. If I'm helping parents get their kids back, I'll tell them, you don't want me to have to, come and have to take the kids away again. So <laughs> I'm all in favor. I'm making sure. That people are getting what they need, even if it's not what they want. But we got to do better. Again, thank you for joining right. us here, Jeanette, Jeanette.
5: So can, yes. I'm sorry I, I didn't get all her information. Can I get it from you later? Because I didn't get to get all her information. Dismantling parents is what I got. But and is that's the? Are you the nurse? That uh, are you the nurse too?
1: Yes, I, I, She's, I'm the nurse.
5: Yeah, she was a nurse. Okay, because I was a nurse, and that's interesting. <laughs> that's so I know I was a nurse too. I would like to talk to you more and get some input from you on me, but like I said, I'm not an attorney either. I've worked in family and juvenile law. I've also, because after I saw the system and being a foster parent, you know, but I advocate, but I I would like to see your book and read your book. Is it available on Audible?
0: No, it's not. I wish it was. I just can't afford to do Um, that right now.
5: That's fine, but I want to get the name of it so I can at least find it and pay attention to it, so...
0: Okay, oh, sure. It's, All right, thank you so much. Dismantling Family Court Corruption. Okay. It's called the name of a
1: book. Dismantling Family Court Corruption. And I'll get that to you, Michelle. Okay? So until okay. tomorrow okay. Thank you for joining us here. Precious Predicaments.
0: Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.